0: I'm Albie Oxenrider. Welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And if you get on a high enough mountain, you can see this show in six states, I'm told. Let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome the afternoon host at 105.9, the ex-Mark Madden.
1: You know, Albie, ordinarily I'd say, hey, Mitch Keller, don't let the door hit you.
0: But everything else hit you. From our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Dan Kovacevic.
2: Albie, are we still laughing at the Islanders? Are we still wondering if that was some big, huge upset? Because, you know, they, they kind of took it to a
3: pretty impressive opponent today. And from the trip, also Steelers radio host, welcome back, Tim Benz. Speaking of Mitch Keller, he said coming off of the Dodgers series that the team actually had a little momentum going, even though they had lost four in a row and just gotten swept by L.A. Uh, how's that momentum now?
0: all right some of the topics we're talking about tonight on this award-winning broadcast five words on mason rudolph's chance of being the starter in 2022 how important is it for the pirates to get it right with mitch keller is mike sullivan truly being snubbed when it comes to the jack adams award and your thoughts on the new college football playoff proposal but first the big topic for tonight mini camp is this week juju smith schuster with a lot to say among his comments a desire to play more on the outside presumably to increase his value for free agency next season so juju smith schuster says he wants to play outside more could it serve the team best in the slot uh, or does this have the potential to become a problem for the steelers mark listen you marks out there need to understand something Juju's
1: free agency was an abysmal and total failure. And the only reason he's a stealer right now is because he got no other significant offers and came crawling back. You don't want to hear that. He would never admit it. But it's true. It's damn true. So given that, Juju signed a one-year deal. He's going to go into free agency again. And it's now or never. He either gets big money the next time around or he never gets it. So if he don't get his catches, if he don't get his yards per, and if he feels that's happening because he's not playing outside, he's going to be a big, big problem. Another truth you need to accept, Juju's in it for himself first, and second, and the heck with everything else.
2: Day and your thoughts on Juju. Well, Mark, what gave that away? I mean, <laughs> was it the part where he said, uh, yeah, I'm looking out to you know make sure that I get maximum value in free agency next year. I'm not I mean, trying to convince you. I'm trying to convince the suckers out there. You know, almost everything that he said last week was aimed at some sort of defensive mechanism to what Mark was just describing. Meaning he would say, Well, $2 million doesn't mean that much to me, as if someone else offered him more, which I still don't believe. Well, it would have been, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a great player and such and such, as if he chose Ben over Mahomes. This kept going and going and going, and then it got to the outside thing. Well, Ray Ray McLeod can be a great inside guy, and I can play outside. Again, another defense mechanism trying to explain why, when he went to the open market, he got zero. Tim? Yeah, the
3: Ray Ray McLeod thing, I didn't quite understand. That's it, though, Tim. I, I think he could be like sort of a Quadri Henderson type in Matt Canada's offense, but they got four wide receivers who are better than him. And as far as the question goes, Albie, when you asked, could this be a problem for the Steelers? It'll be a problem for the Steelers if Chase Claypool's snaps are sacrificed to Juju playing outside. Like, we've seen Juju outside do some good things, like when he was paired with Antonio Brown, but if... Things are falling dominoes-wise to the point that Juju is taking Claypool snaps outside. I don't like that because I think this year if there's an agenda to be had when it comes to the wide receiving core collectively of the Steelers, it's to advance Chase Claypool, not to super-serve Juju going into his last year before free agency. It's the guy who flashed last year as your top draft choice as a rookie who I think has a higher ceiling in the last two years of his deal than what Juju can give you this year.
1: But don't count out. The idea of Coach Laissez fair placating Juju that could very easily happen.
0: A reminder keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the chances of Mason Rudolph being the Steelers' starting quarterback in 2022. First, let's go to social media. Twitter, let the quarterback competition begin. Also from Twitter, he has to earn it. And from Facebook, Roethlisberger this season determines that. That is five. (laughs) Now the panel, starting with Mark, your five words. It
1: might be Ben again uh we talk about the successor to ben in 2022 i haven't heard ben say for sure that this is his last season i suspect it will be but let's say they have a decent year ben has a decent year and he escaped from the season physically unscathed i think he's going to want to come back at age 40
2: because they all think they're brady unfortunately ben ain't brady all right day in five words who else has a contract you know, Mason is the only one that signed, and I don't think that was an accident. That happened right before the NFL draft when the Steelers wanted to make sure they had all kinds of things in order. They knew they weren't going to draft a quarterback, and you don't want to enter a season, no matter how much cap room you have, with zero certainty at your most important position. They went to Mason. They gave him. It's, it's a bit of a raise, too. They knew what they were doing. They signed the kid. They believe in him. They hung a first-round grade on him. I'm not so sure that they're wrong just yet.
3: All right, Tim, five words. Will happen if it must. And what I mean by that is I feel like Rudolph is almost the plan B for everything. To Mark's point, if Ben Roethlisberger has a great season, they decide to bring him back, they'll do that. If they have a lousy season, they get in the top 10 and maybe draft a quarterback, they'll hope that that guy can be the next Ben Roethlisberger. And if Dwayne Haskins proves that he was a bust with his last team but has potential here with the Steelers, maybe it's Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph is backing him up. I feel like they're ready to go to Mason Rudolph if that's the best answer at the time. I don't know if that's a a preferred option in any scenario, though. All right, we'll be talking baseball next and the demotion of Mitch Keller to AAA.
0: How important is it for the Pirates to get it right with Keller? From Twitter, does it matter? He's getting traded in two to three years anyway. The panel debates it next on The Final Word.
3: This is The Final Word.
0: Welcome back. I'm Albie Rider tonight with Mark and Dan and Tim. The Pirates sent Mitch Keller to AAA this weekend. After several pitchers became their uh, best selves with other teams, how critical is it for the Pirates to get it right with... Mitch Keller, Dan. Uh, not as critical as it would have been with Glasnow. Glass now
2: was twice the pitcher Keller was coming through the system, and in A had numbers that were twice as good and had stuff that was twice as good. Keller, I always felt, was inflated by the independent scouting services that do the rankings. They had him at one point. My goodness, Alby, at the number seven prospect hmm. in all of baseball. Um, I, I never saw that. I didn't see it in Indianapolis. I sure didn't see it when he got to Pittsburgh. But, but... If you're the Pirates, you're not in a position to be wasting starting pitching assets or even potential assets. So I feel like it was the right move. I don't feel like there was any other move because look at what we're talking about, LB. It's about fastball command. He either can't throw the fastball where he wants or doesn't
0: want to throw it there, which is an even bigger issue. All right. What's Twitter saying? Uh, does it matter? Just throw in Brian Reynolds and Tampa will take him regardless. Oh,
3: Tim? that's original. <laughs> Tim? May not be original, Dan, but I agree with it. And I agree Why? with the previous guy, too, because it doesn't matter to the Pirates. It matters to like 20 or 25 other teams in baseball, wherever he goes next. Let's see where he is on the development. How long plan. do they hold his, by his by rights? By the time Tim? he gets to the Yankees how or the wherever his next destiny is. How long will they have a good
2: team, Dejon? It's probably about two or three years, Mark. But yeah. how long do they hold yeah, his okay. rights? Okay. How long I long do, do
3: they hold well, Hold on, hold on, Dan, wait a minute. When we argued about Mitch Keller before, weren't you, and I was with you on this. What's that? W- weren't we on the same page where we said the biggest thing about this season is development Absolutely. Of guys? It's so a why is he not in the minors then?
2: It's a big disappointment. He and Brian Reynolds were the two most important pivotal guys this season, yes.
3: Okay, then, then I think he should be, th- this season is going nowhere. Have him learn on the big league level then. Mark?
1: Yes, I think it's imperative they get it right with Mitch Keller. Otherwise, they won't win the pennant anytime soon. Listen, they're not going to get it right with Keller. They don't get it right with anybody else.
0: And it doesn't matter because they're going to stink in perpetuity. There you go. All right, next we go back to hockey. Mike Sullivan once again left off the list for finalists for the Jack Adams Award for top coach. He's never been a finalist. What's the right move uh, or a a snub for Penguin coach Mike Sullivan to be left off
3: uh, Jack Adams' finalist list? Uh, Why, Tim? Oh, I think he should have been there. I I just think the analysis is usually as simple as well he's got Crosby and Malkin so he can't be coach of the year when people look at these kind of awards but he didn't have Malkin for a lot of this year and he had an incredible run of injuries and there were third and fourth lines that were made up entirely of guys who shouldn't have even been in the NHL at the time so uh, I do think he had a Jack Adams level kind of season until the regular season ended and then I wouldn't have given him any awards for how things went in the postseason.
0: All right back to Twitter Sullivan has been
3: robbed since
0: 2016 and every year since. These awards have lost all meaning to me at this point. Dane, what's your feeling on this?
2: Oh, they've lost all meaning to a lot of people. I can guarantee you that Mike Sullivan's not losing any sleep over this himself. The Jack Adams Award in particular, which by the way is voted on by the broadcasters, it's the only award that they pick. is Nothing other than a reversal award. You had a crappy team, and then you turned it into a really good team, and everyone went woo, and that's it. That's why Joel Quenville gets recognition
3: for what happened in Florida. Why well, is Brendan Moore on it then? I think. Yeah, Brindamore-
2: I know. Well, you could say that you could you could make a similar argument about Dean Evison, but it, it, when you look at what the when you look at what Mike Sullivan has achieved, Tim mentioned No Malkin. Uh, there should have been credit there. There absolutely should have been credit for him. I think he definitely belonged in those finalists. Again, I don't think he cares. All right, Mark. Mario Lemieux once
1: said on my program, I judge myself by Stanley Cups and scoring titles because nobody votes on That's those. That's good. Mike Sullivan should be a Jack Adams finalist, but really, who cares? And the reason he's not is because he won Cups in 16 and 17. People see him as having the same superstar core now with Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, and that informally disqualifies him. It's not fair at all, but who cares?
0: All right. College football could uh, see a big playoff shakeup with 12 teams going into the mix. Four conference champs would get a bye according to that plan. Your thoughts on the new proposed 12-team college football playoff, Mark? Uh,
1: It's too many teams, but I can live with it. Uh, I would prefer eight teams with the five power five conference champions. One uh, champion representing the group of five, and then two do-overs. With 12 teams, there's too many do-overs. Teams that lost their conference championship games or had a bad regular season and get back in, and it'll be based on their name more than anything. Uh, how many TV viewers they can draw. One thing that's going to change, Notre Dame, under the proposal, is ineligible for a buy because they're not in a conference. And the top four seeds and the buys will go to the top four ranked conference champions. That will change. Notre Dame has too much stroke. For that to stay in place
0: all right mm. from facebook good news for the sec and big 10 dan your your thoughts on this whole format
2: well to add on to what mark said there notre dame just needs to get into the acc and stop pretending that it's 1965 i don't know that that'll happen but it should uh i, I like eight over 12 but i know this if you make it 12 and you feel like the season the regular season carries more relevance you're going to sustain more interest and you you're going to have a huge interest in this. No, it's not going to be you know, quite like the opening of basketball and the brackets and all that other stuff, but that's for sure what they're going to be looking for. Uh, I'd still have to see how the format itself plays out to really give it a full endorsement, but
3: I, I like 8 over 12 as well. All right, Tim. That's my preference, too. I think eight is perfect. If they were going to do 12, I I like how they mapped out the 12-team system, although it's kind of funny to me. Usually, we do this stuff backwards, where we find out how the money's going, and then they do the football later. Right now, I haven't heard exactly how the money is being spread around, but we're hearing the football stuff, which is nice. One thing, though, to keep in mind is the money starts to play out. Do remember that this 5 versus the 12. The last team plays the fifth team and the other four get the bye. They did that for a reason. So like Coastal Carolina, would have been the last team in this time, as the last conference champion. If they pull off a massive upset, it's against the fifth team, not the first team. And then they got to come back and play the first team the next week. And then Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State is still safe because that team is gassed after pulling off its big upset. It's not going to be like the NCAA tournament where you've got a team that comes out of nowhere as the 13th seed and somehow finds its way to the Sweet 16.
1: That
0: ain't
3: happening. Yo, Pitt fans! It's 12 teams, not 32. Don't
0: get excited. (laughs) When we come back, we're going to go around the horn. Any topic, the final word is next. Welcome back it's time for the final word everybody gets a chance and dan we start with you
2: the new york islanders look like you know they belong in the semis and if they didn't before they sure do after today beating the over the cap lightning by a count of two to one i am still Looking at that first series of the Penguins and still saying that if Tristan Jari's even mediocre, it would have been the Penguins playing today in Tampa. I don't know that the Penguins would get past the Lightning. I think that would require an upset, but I can't change any part of my view of that first-round series based on
3: what New York's done since then. Tim, final word there hasn't been a bigger fan or defender of Marc-Andre Fleury than me. I'm thrilled to see what he's doing in Vegas, but that doesn't mean I'm going to retroactively go back and say that the Penguins did the wrong thing for the expansion year with the Golden Knights coming into town that they did to let Fleury go there and keep Matt Murray. That was the right decision at the time. It just didn't work out. Let me draw an analogy. If after the show tonight, I go out to a bar and I knock back six or seven beers and have a couple of shots, and I say, whoa, I am too drunk to drive. I'm going to call an Uber. The Uber picks me up. We go halfway down on the road, we get hit by a cement truck. That doesn't mean I made a bad decision. I made the right decision, it just didn't turn out great. And that's kind of what happened with the Penguins, Murray and Flurry. Don't blame the Pens for what happened. They did the smart thing. They just didn't get lucky with it. I blame the cement truck. <laughs> Mark, final word.
1: Everybody's excited about Steeler Minicamp this week. I want you to shut up. It's totally meaningless. OTAs just wrapped up. Totally meaningless. Training camp coming up. Almost totally meaningless. You know how I know? Last year, no OTAs, no minicamp. A semblance of training camp and NFL football was exactly the same. Forget about minicamp. Don't pay attention, but uh, I guess we have to.
3: <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. I love the word, lower from, third for Madden. On meaningless.
0: <laughs> our final word from social media. It's too bad Jari and Rask cost their teams this season. No one else to blame but them. I had the chance to talk with Donnie Shell this week ahead of the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony in August. Great to see Shell getting his moment in the sun along with many other Steelers of the 70s already in Canton. The best part about that time, though, according to Shell is a lifelong, uh, lifelong friendships he made and still carries today. It's a bond, he says, that can't be broken. We're going to have plenty more leading up to the Hall of Fame in August right here on Channel 11. That's the final word for tonight. For Mark, Dan, and Tim, I'm Albie Rider. Thanks for staying up with us. Good night.